Welcome to Extra Points with your host, Cousin Sal, and his pals, Dave Damashek and Charlotte Wilder. Welcome to Extra Points, part of the Extra Points Podcast Network. Cousin Sal coming to you with my good, good pals, Dave Damashek and Charlotte Wilder. Oh, what a weekend of sports. So much sports. So many sports. So much or so many. I think it's both. Is it both? All the sports. All the sports. I got to tell you, they did a good job. I was ranting and raving about how this Masters tournament was going to overlap with the late afternoon games and that there were six late afternoon games for no reason for the first time in forever. But they did a nice job, guys. DJ Dustin Johnson, my pick to win the Masters. Uh, Not a great poll right there, but plus 850, one of the top two favorites. He shot a minus 20. He won it, and we knew all about it before halftime ended of the uh, early games. Good job by you, right, sports? I think so. Dave, were you watching um, multiple screens? I was, and uh, good job by you, Sal. You did call that one in advance of it, and some cynics out there said, oh, he was the favorite to win. Well, listen, Hmm. it's a tournament. I guess I don't know how many guys played in it, but uh, you could have picked any name out there, and you picked the correct one, so muzzle tough to you. Meantime, outside of the Masters, everything's coming up. Damashek right now. Mm -hmm. The Steelers undefeated. The Indiana Hoosiers on a collision course with Notre Dame to establish not just the best team in Indiana, but in all the college football land. The Mm. Cool Cats continue their mighty role, trucking every uh, foe in our fantasy league. Apples are delicious. Jameis Winston. (laughs) Jameis Winston is taking over for Drew Brees. This means that next weekend we're going to have the greatest 2v2 QB oh, matchup no. in the history of pro football, Matt Ryan v. Jameis Winston. What else good news can we get here? I don't know. Charlotte, is it fair that Dave takes credit for apples tasting good? I don't know. All the other stuff I'm all right with. <laughs> no, definitely not. Apples apples belong to everybody, Dave. And yes. it's selfish for you to, to insinuate otherwise. <laughs> uh, I mean, I'm glad that things are going well for you sports-wise. I keep you know, picking the wrong team and parlays and uh, you know, the Patriots are one game away from 500, which I'm excited about. Uh, so, uh, you know, that's pretty much where I'm at. Bittersweet, right? Charlotte, because we had our extra points for extra pay parlay and you had the Ravens on there. I thought that was as solid as pick as any, what the hell, why should the Patriots be able to contain Lamar Jackson after they struggled against the Jets and Joe Flacco, five and a half. By the time we uh, got our odds and points boosted down, I think you were laying five and a half. Um, That ended up losing. We'll go into that game in greater detail. Dave's game we'll go into in greater detail. He had the Bills plus three and a half. Wild ending there, which almost cost him. Um, Interesting. And let's just get my dumb game out of the way. I had San Francisco plus ten and a half. There's one specific play I want to talk about this because there's a lot went wrong with this thing. There was everything that could go wrong did. There were bad penalties that extended the drives for the Saints who were down 10 nothing. Breeze went out. Winston came back, uh, came in. They dropped an interception of his, which you really are not supposed to do. You only get 30 or 40 opportunities there with a James Winston, uh, a James <laughs> Winston pick. Uh, they muffed a punt and then Nick Mullins threw an interception. But here's what I want to talk to you guys about. There was a body-on-body hit. Do they call him that? No, I don't think they do. That took Drew Breeze out of the game and it was flagged as a personal foul because the the hit otherwise wasn't illegal, but they do the weight when you put too much weight and drive the quarterback back, it ends up being a penalty. Now, if it's a free safety blitzing and it's a 180 pound frame 
um, <clears throat> all in on a quarterback. They don't seem to call it. But when Contavious Street goes in all 280 pounds, drives Breeze into the turf, it's a penalty. Now, I, I just want to say this. This is fat shaming. That's all that is. It's fat shaming. <laughs> it's saying you're too fat to jump on the quarterback. You need to tackle him by his feet. And that's it. That's your only option. Does anyone else see it this way? Or am I a crazy person? Fat shaming I mean in the NFL. I mean, yeah, I also saw it as I think the refs are going to forever be trying to make up that pass interference call against the Saints that kept him from the Super oh. Bowl. So, you know, I, I mean, you call it what you will. I was total. I couldn't believe that that was a foul. But then, you know, Breeze is out with rib issues and I'm like, OK, well, I mean, does that make it worse to make fun of it? If that like if that's the reason that Breeze was hurt, are you supposed to be like, OK, it was a a, a a foul, but then I don't know. Guys get hurt all the time, and it's yeah. and it's totally legal. So I don't know. I I think that um I think the refs are just scared of New Orleans at this. Oh point. boy, I'll tell you. If the, so, I get the bad end of both of those because that was one of my biggest bets ever. I had the money on the Saints when you're really? right. There was the no call pass interference, which they ended up changing the rule and they changed it back. But now you're saying I have to bear the brunt of I had the 49ers. So I have to, Oh my God, I can't catch up with the refs and the league and what they're trying to do. Dave, is it fat shaming and, and should it stop? Well, first of all, yeah, that hadn't occurred to me, but I think you're spot on and it's a disgrace. It was only, you know, a handful of years ago where the people who we were making fun of were the little, the, the little fellas at QB, Russell mm -hmm. Wilson, Drew Brees and other Kyler Murray 10 years ago would never have even gotten his chance because we were, we were short shaming. Now, you're right, Sal. We're fat mm -hmm. shaming and it's swung too far in the other direction. I, for one, don't care for it. Yeah, this weird sending messages crap. I mean, I, uh, I get it <laughs> that we, we have to discourage the defenders from doing that sort of thing. But, you know, like, I understand that's a bad call. When everybody agrees, mm -hmm. anybody who sees it, and I'm sure Drew Brees even would be on the side of like, yeah, that was a ridiculous call. And then, but they always have to work in. <clears throat> but you know what? We got to protect our quarterbacks like, but there's no, but that, nothing about that play yeah. could, could inform any future fat tackler or otherwise about how to tackle an NFL QB. So what's the point? We're battling. Don't tackle them. Like what, what is the message to that? Right. It's, it's sort of like a penalty against football itself. It's like, don't so do the weird. one thing you were, it's almost like Todd Gurley, not, you know, trying not to score a touchdown. It's like, don't do the one thing yeah. you, were, you were trained to do. Right. And I think I honestly, I'm saying it half jokingly, but I'm thinking like size is playing a big role in these calls here. You, you'll get a defender who's taller than the quarterback, but lowers his helmet. But OK, of course, it's going to look like helmet to helmet, but he didn't really initiate it because he's taller and he'll get called for that. Like, I think Cam was the recipient of that. It's like now guys are taller and they're making up for it and they're bigger and fatter and they're making up for it and they're getting they're getting penalized just based on what they look like when they walk on the field. I'm probably overdoing this. That, is, no, lost a lot that of is exactly right. Yeah. It's a recurring theme on this show. It's a recurring theme in sports. The weird paradox is that the big dudes, Cam Newton doesn't get those calls. Right. Generally speaking, because he's too big, like it gets a weird. But those are the guys that end up suffering. Cam is what, 30 now? He's a different 31. player than 31. Yeah, he's 30. a different guy on, than he was five years ago because he is the common factor in those devastating collisions. So his body is worn out. Roethlisberger is a, is old 
38 compared to Drew Brees or Tom Brady, Shaquille O'Neal, Eric Lindros, <clears throat> Mario Lemieux. The, I mean, the like the big Rob Gronkowski, Mark Bavaro. Sports history is marked by these guys that are too big to get calls, but the little right. fellas get the. It's a, it, it is a weird thing uh. that uh, that we that that the sports gods allow for. They're like, well, he's a little guy. I give him a break. Kind Dude, of uh, drives me crazy. I want to go over, um, as we're talking about Cam, we'll go over that game last night. Well, Dave, we'll go over. Your team is 9-0 now, for God's sakes. Uh, two outrageous gambling endings in Cleveland and in uh, Arizona last night or yesterday. Uh, we'll discuss that. We'll discuss Eagles-Giants and the Minnesota-Chicago game tonight. want to talk a little Masters, and then we'll get the hell out of here. But Charlotte, your team, like I said, kudos to you for a minute going with Baltimore now, the, the worst scenario would have been if Baltimore won by one because then your team loses and you don't cover the spread. So there was a little bit of that middle um, possibility. But as the heavens opened and the monsoons hit, and I feel like Baltimore, first of all, you ran down their throat. That Damian Harris, he oh, yeah. may have played himself out of a position because Coach Belichick doesn't like running backs who do well. I don't know why. <laughs> he might have to ride the bench next week because it's just a weird thing for him. But they were ground and pounded them to death and uh then a couple of faulty snaps by the ravens and they were kind of out of it it was a weird weird game yeah i mean i think first of all you know as someone who played sports the majority of her life in cold new england rain um yeah. it really can screw you up if you're not ready for it and uh that's not to say that wait what sports oh you know all of them at some various point um, I wasn't, you know, lighting the world on fire with my athletic ability. I was fine. If I'd cared lacrosse, more, I cared more, yeah, lacrosse, soccer. Um, what else? I played squash, but you play that inside. Field uh, hockey? No, I never played field hockey. Never played field German hockey. handball. I lost money betting German handball last week. No dodgeball, though. Actually, <laughs> oh, okay. dodgeball. Jesus Christ, they no. I mean, I I think that when it comes to the Pats, they played a clean game. Um, you know, Cam. Cam didn't turn the ball over the way he has been. Uh, they were smart about rushing. They were also, I mean, they didn't have any sort of monster drives, but they were just sort of slow and steady um, plodding mm -hmm. away. And I think it was very strange I, to go from worrying about losing to the Jets to beating the Ravens in primetime. But I also think that this team has some hope. I mean, when Cam when Cam doesn't fumble the ball or throw a bajillion interceptions, he's, he's good. And um, I think that Belichick probably, you know, put a little bit of the fear of God into that team and without their best players, I don't know. I'm sort of like, I mean, I think the Texans could be a trap game next week, but I also think that, Hey, maybe there's a little more hope than I thought there was. Texans are actually favored in that game, which surprised me. I'm going, really? it. yeah, yeah. But only a couple of points, but yeah, I, I can't figure it out. And Yes, you're right, Charlie. Like week to week, it does not make sense that they couldn't barely take care of business against the Jets. You figure the Ravens handled the Colts, who looked better than we thought they were, because on Thursday night they destroyed the uh, Titans. But Dave, it looked like Belichick's game plan, like Charlotte said, is just like kind of let's just go back to basics. Let's push everyone around. You look at the rushing stats; they had 173 yards rushing between Harris, Burkhead, and uh, Cam himself. Um, I felt like I was watching army, an army offense. That's right. Uh, like kind of just like, oh my God, why can't anyone stop this? This is crazy. But they just out physical them. And uh, they're like, all right, let maybe the weather will help a little bit. And then it did. 
And now the Patriots are, they're not gone. They're not going away. Long way to go. Two games back of all those six and three teams. Five of them, I think, on the outside looking in uh, as uh, wild cards. But they're back in it. I, I absolutely. And I support the idea based on the pieces that they have that they should. I'm And I'm not kidding. I would love if they would go full on Paul Johnson, Georgia Tech and uh, military school style offense with Cam. I mean, Cam is not scary throwing the ball right now. And you can point at either him or the guys he's throwing it to. But obviously, they're they're a better team offensively when they're just trying to grind you like that and beating the crap out of you. I think they're kind of constructed to do that. My concern is th- if the defense can hold up for that. I'm not concerned, obviously, about the Patriots, but were I a Patriots fan, be I'd honest, be more concerned. If you're concerned, you could say so. You <laughs> it's okay to care. It's okay to develop feelings when you don't want to, Dave. <laughs> I'd be I'd be more worried about the defense were I a Patriots fan. Um, and it's interesting. I I don't know if I were a Baltimore fan, I'd be pretty bummed out, obviously, losing to the Patriots, who aren't an exceptionally great team right now. But I also feel like Man, the football gods screwed us with that rainstorm in the fourth quarter, especially at the tail end. I I'm I'm I was vexed watching it that it that the monsoon didn't really begin until about a minute left. Wouldn't it have been great <laughs> for the whole second half to have been that? Um also get rid of that uh that junk fake grass and instead have mud there. Oh, it would have been it just would have been spectacular for our eyeballs. But I what I did think is if you're a Ravens fan, the takeaway is you're probably not going to win the AFC North this year by virtue and part of that loss. But I thought Lamar Jackson's drive, when everything was up against them, when they were down 13, and it felt like, man, this game's over. This is getting bad. Lamar uh, had a spectacular drive. He had some drops and some bad penalties against him, and he still got in the end zone, and I thought they're going to end up winning this game, but then the rain and everything else kind of got in the way of it. But when the, um, when the heavens opened up, like you said, with a minute five left, I was like, wow, this is next level cheating for Belichick. How the <laughs> hell does he know to let it come down in droves now with the minute five? I don't know. I want to look into that. I'm still I'm still not convinced that that was uh, that but was is kosher. He, but I mean, I know we've been talking about this since before the season even kicked off. As I said, in 2019, before the season started, that offense would take over the NFL for a year. Nobody would know what to do about it for a year, mm. but then the defensive coordinators would figure it out. And it would appear that I'm right about that, um, that to some degree they've caught up with it. The Frogger effect of Lamar Jackson, though, is the wild card, right? Like, he's just like, he is the video game Frogger, the way he's like standing there and then like a, a, a blink of an eye later, he's like, he's five yards over to the side. Like, I don't know how you grapple with that. Yeah. That's their puncher's chance. I don't think they can. I, 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 and and now that the Patriots have run on them the way they just did there, um, I don't know how to feel as a Ravens fan. I think you maybe missed your window at fourteen and two last year. Well, and also the Ravens tough game against the Titans, who look you know like garbage. But here you go, another physical running yeah. team. You have Derrick Henry instead of uh, Damian Harris coming yep. at you now. The offense should look good against that Tennessee secondary, I think at least. But and they have the uh, revenge factor or revenge, as you call it in the Steelers case, those uh, shirts are available on extrapoints.com. There you go. Get them while they're undefeated. Um, but yeah, so that'll be an interesting game. Um, I, I, it's just weird. We're in month three of the NFL season and Cam does not have a touchdown pass to a wide receiver. Very strange. I mean, yeah, I, I just, I'm glad 
Sorry, Sal, but I'm glad that you messed up the parlay before this game <laughs> messed it up because it made I, I was able to sort of, you know, enjoy. I mean, I was still wrong, but at yeah. least you were wrong first. Um, yes. Yeah. You know, because I, 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 don't, I don't know. I just like I'd gotten used to the Patriots sucking and then they started. I'm just confused. I feel like this NFL season is really confusing me and, and maybe yeah. every NFL season is confusing, but it, it seems to vary so much week to week. Who's good? Who's bad? Who's got their act together? Who doesn't? Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, maybe that's virtue of 2020 not making any sense. Um, but it, it's still like what about 2020 doesn't make sense. I'm well, going to take issue um, with that. The, the <laughs> no. Red Sox traded Mookie, really, is uh, okay. that All I'm right. referring to. Yeah. All right, I forgot about it. It is, though, like the 30,000-foot the view of uh, of every team, like you can play what if with them. But really, if you think about the Patriots, they're a play away from beating the Seahawks up in Seattle. Right. And then they're driving down the yeah. field and Cam fumbles three weeks ago. Um, you know, you can kind of make a case that we would be talking about the Patriots or this weird knuckleball team, and maybe they still will be um, going forward here, like we're talking about here. Um, they're, mm-hmm. I don't know, are the Patriots junk? Are they mediocre? Are they a team that we're going to be talking about in like six weeks from now? Like, this is the one team nobody wants to see in January. Nobody wants to see Belichick and Cam rolling. I think town. they're unlucky. I think that's largely what it is. I think that yeah. they're playing from a deficit and then Cam just has like not been great under pressure at when it really, really matters, but he hasn't been awful. I mean, he set a record this week. He was, what was it? I have it written down somewhere, but you know, no one well, cares. It's a yeah, well, yeah, talent wise. They're a little bit behind the rest of these teams. I would say right. offensively, yeah. they don't have the weapons. Cam's doing what he can. Belichick's doing what he can. I think it might be a little late. You got teams like, Let's, for argument's sake, say Buffalo, Pittsburgh, Indianapolis, and KC are the division winners. Then you got five, six, and three teams, Baltimore, Tennessee, Las Vegas, Miami, and Cleveland. You need three of those to go away for the Patriots, as it is now with seven teams making it. If eight teams make it, you need two to go away. It's a it's a long haul. Dave, I want to talk about your game, Buffalo, uh, Arizona. Everyone thinks they were screwed no matter how they bet that game. Um, Arizona was favored by three. Now, on FanDuel boosted us to three and a half, right? And um, so that was good. And it was especially good when Buffalo held a two-score lead and then Arizona took the lead because Kyler just does his thing. He's just unbelievable. Um, that's one of the best bets you can make over rushing yards for Kyler Murray. They still have it like in the 50s for some reason. I don't understand. They had like 67 yesterday. But anyway, Arizona takes the lead. Buffalo comes down. Every wide receiver made the play of their life on that last drive, including Stefan Diggs diving across the end zone. <clears throat> Great throw by Josh Allen. Arizona comes down. We all know the Hail Mary. Kyler sprints to the left. Dave, you pointed it out. He sprints to the left and just barely manages to step so he's not out of bounds and then launches it. <clears throat> and DeAndre Hopkins, like a man, just brings it down. I don't know what kind of gloves he's wearing. One on three, pulls it out of the air. They win the game. They don't cover, though, because they kneel down on the two-point conversion wisely because if it's kicked, uh, returned, um, they lose those two points. But uh, what, what, did you, what were your takeaways from that game? I mean, just a wild, wild ending. And um, really, emotionally, I thought if you explain it to someone who didn't understand football, you would, it would take you 40 hours to understand the highs <laughs> and lows of those last minutes. We were talking about, uh, you know, 
jinxes, remote jinxes, like where you sit on the couch and how it impacts the outcome of the football game and all that kind of stuff. And that I largely don't believe in them, but I had so many factors working and I'm like, wait, what am I rooting for here? Cause Kyler's on my fantasy team, <laughs> but I want that, but the bills are America's team and I'm supporting them for that reason. But I also like Kyler as my preseason MVP pick. And, <laughs> and then I also that even though the Niners didn't come through for us, I still want to. I still want to be right here. So I want the Bills to end uh, up. Yeah. So I'm worried. And then it occurred to me at some point just before Kyler uncorked that pass, like, oh yeah, whatever my rooting interests are, have no matter here. They they're not going to impact the not final true. outcome here. Not true. But at all. I do think for what it matters, and it matters a great deal who gets more credit for that hail mary. It is definitely Kyler Murray. The new Hopkins makes a great play, goes up and gets it. I don't understand the play call. First of all, I've never seen a Hail Mary thrown except for the original one from Roger Staubach to Drew Pearson in 75. I've never seen it go to just one guy. Like usually it's a gaggle of offensive guys, but it was just the one guy down there. New Hopkins. Yeah, so that was weird. I was, um, but, yeah. but Kyler throw, I mean, just physically 50 yards to, your offhand side in full sprint and making that throw and reaching the end zone. And not just, I mean, the ball would drift out of bounds on most human right. beings. You just wouldn't be able to force the ball back and keep it. Yeah, in right hand, they're Sorry rolling left. Yeah, Crazy. It's a, it's Sorry, Charlotte. No, no, no. I was just going to say, I, I, you asked the exact question. I was like, well, how do you call that play? Like, what was that luck? Was that Kyler just like totally seeing this on the fly that he had a guy back there? And then how does he fit? Like, it, it, it physics. I'm I'm not a scientist. I'm very bad at I'm what? very bad at math. Yeah, no, it'll come as we a shock. We hired you because of your scientific <laughs> background, and now you spring this on it. Okay, good. Well, like you know, how do you how, how do you make that? How do you not fall down? And then how do you make that throw? And then how do you judge it? And then the fact that Hopkins came down with it, like everything aligned so perfectly that if Kyler Murray weren't so good and we hadn't seen him do stuff like this before, I'd be like, oh, that was a total fluke. Like yeah. that was a that was an accident. Like they didn't mean to do that. And you're right. It was different in that, yes, you think on a normal Hail Mary, there are nine guys in the end zone. It either gets batted away or there's a, you know, when Aaron Rodgers does it, it's a miraculous catch in a sea of defenders. There's like three good guys and six bad guys around you. <laughs> this was one on three. This is like, they might as well start have started the play. Like, all right. I mean, wouldn't wouldn't you, if you were Buffalo, have taken like, hey, here's what's going to happen. We're going to have three defenders back. Hopkins is going to be the only offensive player. They're like, yeah, sign me up every time. 99 out of 100. We'll knock that away or do something. Um, but yeah, it was weird just to see. And you're right, just him avoiding the sack and uh, and throwing it up there like that. Here, Dave, you brought up MVP odds. Last Monday, you could have gotten Murray at 25 to 1. I know you've been talking about it for a month or two. Could have gotten him at 25 to 1. Now 9 to 1 to win MVP. Uh, Mahomes, for the first time in probably three weeks, is the favorite. Uh, Russell Wilson had a stinker of a game. Mahomes is plus 175. Russ plus 250 on Fandle. Aaron Rodgers, 3-1. to one. As I said, Murray, 9-1. to one. Brady, 20-1. to Got to go down and down and down the list to find Big Ben, Dave, which is uh Yeah, a little unfair weird. to Big Ben, I guess. But, but also, um, it is um, the... If a, a few things, this is Charlotte kind of touched on it a second ago that um, it's it, for whatever reason coming out of week 10 here. I feel like this is the best week so far that we've had to overreact to, to what we're seeing here and try like. But all of a sudden, the Ravens are kind of 
in some jeopardy of missing the playoffs a little bit. Like, who would have thought that a week or two ago? There was no chance, even when they lost to Pittsburgh, you would say, well, okay, right, they're still going to go to the playoffs. Mm. Now that's in the Seahawks are in some jeopardy of missing the playoffs. If they lose to Arizona on Thursday night, there's a, there's a path for them missing the playoffs. Russell Wilson was the MVP or Lamar Jackson was the MVP. Now, all of a sudden, neither one of those guys, and people are talking more about, I'd rather have Kyler Murray than Lamar Jackson, all that kind of talk. It's all fascinating, and generally speaking, you're a victim of your own success. If you're Patrick Mahomes, you get to be so good that people are like, yeah. well, he can't be the MVP. But Kyler Murray has less to work with, doesn't he, than, than Tyreek Hill and Travis Kelsey. He has some nice weapons around him, but I feel like Kyler Murray deserves more credit for dragging his team to where it is versus Patrick I think Mahomes so. And where they, it's I think he should with, be ahead of it. It's tough with Mahomes. I mean, just those, I, I, you can look at numbers and Kyler's. I think Kyler's nine rushing touchdowns in as many games now, which is insane. In addition to the uh, the great passing numbers, but is Mahomes twenty five touchdowns to one interception? You you keep that ratio up. I it's know. hard to look the other way. If they're Correct. 14 and two, like, I don't know if this is like an NBA most valuable player where it has to be on a top two seed aside from like Westbrook, who just went crazy. It was like a sports center highlight four years ago and they had to give it to him, whatever. But um, aside from that, I don't know if Casey goes 14 and two and Arizona is a wild card team. I think that's the only thing that hurts Kyler being in that. Well, they better division. go. What I'm telling you is they better go at least 14 and two. And I would prefer yeah. 13 and three so that the Steelers can take their foot off the gas a little bit. I, I mean, the one thing I say, everything's coming up Damashek. The You know, my glass is half full, and you know uh, not just the sports gods, but the gods in general are against smiling on me too much. And, um, <laughs> and, and here it is in 2020. That's going to be the final whammy against me, is that my team is going to end up being... 15 and one or 14 and two, and they're going to have to play in wildcard weekend. Something like that's yeah. going to happen. Like the chiefs must lose another couple of games here. It ain't right. The Steelers are nine and oh, and they're one game up in the standings in a year when finally the number one, the number two seat isn't going to get a bye week. It ain't right. right I'm telling you. I'm gonna, I mean, uh, go ahead, Charlotte. Yeah. I just think that from the Mahomes Murray conversation, it could go both ways, right? It could be like, okay, Mahomes is on the better team, so we're going to give it to Murray because he sort of had to drag people ahead right. more than Mahomes. He had to carry the team more than Mahomes did. I do think, though, that Mahomes, like, I would go with Mahomes as MVP at this point because, as you said, you know, 25 touchdowns, one interception. Also, he just does things like... If if Murray's Hail Mary looked impossible, you know, Mahomes does that, what, four times a game? And yeah. I, I think, though, one thing I will say is that Kyler Murray and Cliff Kingsbury have been the biggest surprise to me in the NFL over the past few years. I was one of those people who, when they took Kyler mm -hmm. number one and, you know, they hire handsome Cliff because he's shaking hands with Sean McVay once. And I was like, all right, this is putting a lot of <laughs> faith in these two guys who are playing this really fun kind of football that I just didn't think was going to hold up in the NFL. And this this year has completely proven me wrong in a great way. Like, I love it. I'm thrilled that it did. But I still like I would never have said at the start of this season um, that Murray would be in the MVP conversation. So, you know, congrats to everyone smarter than I am. It's, I it's will fun say watching all these guys. It really is. And it makes the uh, 14 or or as it may be 16 team playoff format. I, there's not one team that I'm like, oh, I don't want to see them. In I there wonder if it's finally going to change, Sal. A couple of things that you said recently 
is the old guys have now been taken over by the young guys. And mm-hmm. I guess Russell Wilson is the best quarterback from that younger group, guys who can run and and destroy a defense by taking off when all else fails and burning you on third and nine with his legs kind of thing. And n- never mind even actual play calls, uh, designed run plays versus like what Tom Brady. Uh, Do the damn burger. design. That's what I was missing yesterday. No design runs. The only time Russ took off was when he, uh, it was like a minute 16 left in the fourth quarter when they decided to design, uh, run a play for him. Uh, uh, purposely, but yeah, otherwise he was just, they didn't play to his strengths. I have so many problems with that game, but I, ahead, that was, up. that was, yeah. cr- I, I did take the Rams in that one. And I did take the Patriots, uh, with the points, um, as well. I didn't want to be too loud about it. Cause Eddie spaghetti on minus three has been red hot and I didn't want to go against him. But anyway, yeah. um, the, the other thing is, cause that is now a big game on Thursday night for the Seahawks sure. in particular. Um, something you said to me 20 years ago still resonates. If Uh-oh. you just kind of blur your eyes. It, unless the team is hot garbage, if an NFL team has to have the game and the other one doesn't, that team ends up winning it more often than not. So I think you kind of can circle the Seahawks, right? Their season is, I don't know, hanging in the balance, but any shot that they have a win in the division kind of is here. Yeah. So I guess I'll take the Seahawks. What, do you have the early Question. number on that one? Well, it's uh, I have to give that out on uh, my Thursday night pregame oh, okay. pick. But but the number, I can give you the numbers, three and a half. Seahawks are favorite. You're right. Surprise. It's a revenge game from the Sunday night game where the DK Metcalf chase down game that they ended up somehow losing in overtime. So definitely a fun one. And it's definitely great that all those teams are six and three for the division. Do you guys know... Do you know how old Russell Wilson is? How old do you know this or guess how old Russell Wilson is? All right, let me think about this because he came out of Wisconsin. I'm trying to think where I like, was what, when he was drafted. What's your first impulse, though, to say? like 30. Okay. Yeah, but well, he's 30, 31. But I think of okay. Russell Wilson as being like 37 years old. Yeah. <laughs> he, like he, I, w- I just looked that up. I was like, oh my God, I'm, you know, six months older than Russell Wilson. Yeah. And I remember like when he. When he beat RG3 and up until like a week or two before with RG3 with the bum knee with Haloti Nada broke his leg in that uh, game at the tail end of the season there, RG3 was the was the phenom. Russell Wilson was kind of like the 1A, if you'll recall, mm-hmm. like people liked him, but RG3 was the bigger story. He beat, they go into DC, the Seahawks do, and they win that game. And then they go down to Atlanta, Mighty Falcons that year. Um were, were really good. And I remember that Matt Ryan threw a lot la- in 30 seconds. I kicked the game winning field goal and the Seahawks w- were presumably devastated by the near loss. And Russell Wilson coming off the field in that moment was kind of like, hey, get back to work. We're going to get him next year. His attitude right there was like, that guy's going to win Super Bowls. I hate mm. when people declare that guy's going to win Super Bowls. But in that moment, it was like, he just, his season's over. This was a magical year, and it just ended like that. Like, and he's like, "All right, guys, here we go." That that kind of weirdo nerd mm-hmm. energy that he has is uh, is I, I guess unlimited. It is. It's unlimited. Let's say that. I, I see, see it out of very though. few others. Like Ben DiNucci, I get the same vibes from him <laughs> for the Cowboys. Gilbert but, yeah. Grape. Gilbert Grape. Is it Gilbert? <laughs> Gilbert Grape Carrot. <laughs> Tommy oh, Lasorda. Oh yeah, Lasorda's out there. Lasorda's in the Jesus. hospital, by the way. Good, good, good wishes. Good wishes uh, to Tommy uh, Lasorda. Can I say very quickly, Sal? When we talk about the positivity, yeah. I don't mean to um, yeah. suddenly do this, but I guess I'll promote this. I'm on uh, the Adam Carolla show today, and and we were talking Lasorda because he's um, he's not feeling he's not doing well, mm-hmm. uh, ninety three years of age. But he wants one time uh, your cousin um, who's 
Jonathan Kimmel? No, Jimmy Kimmel. Well, okay. they're both your cousin. Right. Jimmy and Corolla went down to spring training, mm-hmm. and uh, and they both uh, took some swings off of Ramon Martinez. And um, and then uh, Tommy Lasorda told Corolla, he's like, if I could throw you 100 curveballs a day, I could have gotten you into the major leagues. And Corolla believed it. <laughs> I, laughed. I laughed and laughed like I haven't laughed at anything since I laughed at the Cleveland Browns three or four weeks ago when Corolla recounted that story and was like, ah, he meant it. He brought it up. I didn't. I it was unsolicited. Uh, That's one of my favorite. That things, made that for a very long weekend. I was out there. I was uh, what is it? Vero, Vero Beach. Is that where they do their thing? Yeah, I was with those where guys. They used to, yeah. It's uh yeah they used to do that and he was saying uh, that the argument ended up going to you throw me a hundred pitches right now I'll get a single I'm like nah <laughs> nah no that's not what's gonna happen I do want to you... go over go oh, ahead go ahead, yeah. go ahead. no I want to go like my hypotheticals it's good okay. I, I, go come ahead, back I want to hear what what happens here. but I, we have three more big <laughs> games to go go over uh, Cleveland another outrageous gambling ending Cleveland against uh, Houston what a stinker of a game. Ends up 10-7. Cleveland seems in control. Baker using the bad weather, I think, as an excuse again to do nothing. Um, But everybody who has Nick Chubb on their fantasy team is excited that he's returned. Everybody who has the Browns minus three and a half is excited that Nick Chubb has returned. And what do they do? They're trying to run out the clock and Nick Chubb breaks it down the sideline and he is off like a freaking torpedo. It doesn't look as if he's going to do the right thing and take a knee at the one yard line or step out of bounds, but damn it, he did. And everyone went up. It was insane. The uh, the reaction on Twitter or otherwise, Browns win, don't cover. Nick Chubb costs somebody. It cost me a league. I do have Nick Chubb in a league that I lost by three and a half points. But he did the right thing. I can't get mad at Todd Gurley for not doing it and Nick Chubb for doing it, right? He did the right thing. And, Charles, it seems like we see this uh, seven times a year now. We, we never used to see this. Yeah, I mean, it's so fun. Gambling. <laughs> <laughs> like I, I'm trying to think, you know, before I before I really understood how many people in this world gamble on sports, which I'll be honest, I didn't really understand. Um, it opens up. It's like this whole underbelly. It's like turning over a rock, and you know, be, like why why are these people upset? They're they're team one, and it's yeah. like well because because they lost a lot of money, and <laughs> it's it's so often at odds. But Dave, when you were talking about you know being sort of conflicted over. Kyler and and your team it it like when gambling interests and rooting interests I mean it was like me on on Sunday night with with the Pats where it it is such a weird thing to wrap your head around um the emotion of being a fan and the emotion of being a gambler right and and, and how it all comes together yeah I feel like we're seeing it we're seeing it a lot more oh and, there's too much yeah, yeah they- I mean as someone who didn't have money on that game I thought it was a little funny but I mean maybe I'm not Maybe that's terrible to say. It, well, well, it's terrible if uh, you're laughing at the the Browns backers. But I will say, in fairness, you bet the Browns you didn't really deserve to cover. The Browns were running out the clock there, and he got free, and they weren't, you know, they weren't going to ca- cover. You bet the um, you bet the Cardinals. You probably don't deserve to cover that either. You, you, you hit on a hail mary, and so that they didn't cover three and a half. I'm sorry, but. Um, you got lucky to get down there in the first place. I don't know if that the, um, the makes Browns to me good. are the least impressive good team right now. I mean, like their yes. record's good. They're six and three, and I'm like, you're not like what? The so Browns? Dave, I'm gonna pr- I'm gonna you you mentioned the playoffs and the new format and what are the Steelers doing? This is the year where as a one seed, 
we're nine and oh, we may not even get a buy. Let me paint the ugliest picture for you. <laughs> uh, one of the weeks is suspended. They have too many makeup games. They do go to the eight playoff team per conference format. You open up against Cleveland one versus eight and all the laughing you did at mile, do it for miles. It comes back and haunt that you have to avoid that exact scenario. You realize that, right? That, that can't be what you, what you open up with in the playoffs. You know, my policy is uh, a strict no jive policy. Oh yeah. And so yeah. I must, uh, I must uh, concede no jive. I have considered that eventuality as well as playing the Baltimore Ravens for a round three. I want nothing to do with either one of those games. Mm-hmm. I mean, I just, I, it, it, it really is legitimately going to be vexing for me, but then I'm trying to do the math on people keep floating these things out to me about what if the Steelers are undefeated but then they lose in the Super Bowl to Tom Brady or an Antonio Brown. What about that? And then yesterday, the Giants now really have the ability to maybe win that division. Sure. And then people were making fun of what if Danny Dimes with five wins runs the table in January and gets to the Super Bowl? Would you be happy if the 16 and 0 Steelers lost Tom Brady style to the New York Giants? Um, Eli Manning. I would love it. Doppelganger. I would love it. Well, what, think, what's great is okay that that's that. shaping up as a first round match. If the Giants can pull it out, they're still a game and a half back at the however you figure that tie in. But Dave, you went over the Eagles schedule, which is brutal only because I think your team's in good shape. I think the Cowboys have a real good shot of winning that division. If you look at what they have left versus the other team. Well, the idea is you want to have as many NFC East opponents as possible in the last six games, right? <laughs> or last one. And the Eagles only have two and the other four games are really, really tough. Um, and start at Cleveland. So if they won that, maybe it's a different story. But as it is, okay, the NFC East division winner is going to have a four seed. Tampa's Tom Brady is probably going to have the fifth seed if they don't count uh, catch New Orleans. That's a fun first round matchup. It's a rematch of that Monday night game. But uh, yeah, that's that. Then you know, Charlotte, you're going to be rooting for the Giants. I point. want the Giants. To, I'm I'm like all on board the Giants train. I think that ever since Danny Dimes tripped over his own feet, I've become yeah. a Giants fan. Like I, I I want I also want as much chaos in the in the NFC East as possible because I think it's just the funniest thing I've ever seen. Um, and you know we need as we need as many laughs as we can get right now. But and you you pointed I, that out. I was like, yeah, Dave and I are like we like the Eagles, and you're like, yeah, I like the Eagles too. But I, I want the Giants for comedy's sake, and that's exactly what happened. Now, I know I could, it, it almost made me wish that I'd been a little bolder and, and uh, picked them because I think that I mean, I also think in fairness, like they don't look awful all the time. And mm-hmm. Daniel Jones can run. I mean, when he isn't tripping, he's really fast. He did a 34 yard, 34 yard rushing touchdown. That's not nothing. Yeah. No, I think it's, he said that just that. He's like, hey, these guys can't tackle me. Now, maybe I'll right. fall down on my own, but, but I'm like, take um, it. Yeah, if, if it. anyone takes me down, it'll be myself. Right. Exactly. Wonder where this team, two, a couple of things. Wonder where this team is if they have Saquon in the lineup or yeah, do they have right. an extra win or oh, two? Boy. And then it's yeah. like, well, obviously the Giants are going to win this division. I don't mm-hmm. know if that would if that would be the case, but we're really tracking to six wins winning the division and that yeah. will be the all timer. <laughs> and but I. I feel like if I had to, let's let's make a serious bet here. I can do what I, we can do, eight thousand dollars a piece. Good. We can do whatever whatever you guys no, want. No, that's what, going whatever. towards my yacht. Shaved heads, <laughs> whatever you want to bet here. But 
I think we should all have to pick an NFC East team right here and now to win that division. I think Giants. Uh, you're going to take the Giants. I'm going to take the Dallas I'm going to will this into existence because before I said that I wanted the Giants to win, but I wasn't brave enough to really say it. I'm going to say it. The Giants are going to win the division. All right. Uh, I'll, I'll be courageous and take the Cowboys because they only have two wins. But I but I really do think things track <laughs> for them terrible. together. I'll take the Eagles. I don't believe a lot in it, but I think they're. I don't know why I'm taking the Eagles. I, 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 Carson, I mean, because I, I, I think I you're say, right. He's got the, the, you want to say, all right, on a very basic level, who's got the best quarterback? I guess it's Carson Wentz. He has 16 turnovers going into yesterday's <laughs> game. Neither team, neither quarterback had a touchdown pass or a turnover. Like it was very, <laughs> uh, uh, as weird as uh, the 2020 games, as Charlotte pointed out. Uh, get um, disgraceful performance though by the Eagles. Yeah. I mean, how do you how do you how do you come out that lame? Because Carson are Wentz, I don't think Carson Wentz is good. I, I never thought answer, he was good. Right. I never thought Carson Wentz was good. I always thought the Eagles should have gone with Foles over Wentz, which you know now who knows if that's even true. But I just think he is one of the more overrated guys that we've seen recently, and I think it's kind of proving out this year. I don't know what to make of that division. All right, for the purposes of this game, we'll figure out a bet later. Uh, but I'll I'll take the Eagles. Dave, you're stuck with my shitty Cowboys. Not <laughs> and by the way, one them. more thing. One yeah. more thing about the NFC. Yeah. The, the I think we understand now that the you you like the Packers who barely survived the Jags, and that's yeah. fine. It was a pro football game. That's what happened. Let me say the, the young barely. players were very torn up about Paul Paul Hornig's death. And I think that's what slowed them down. I think that, that's what <laughs> Jesus Christ. Well, I love Paul Hornig. He gambled on the game. God bless him. I love he him, too. Yeah. Experience. Shout out to Alex Karras. <laughs> My mom before loved he was him. Webster's, she was sad yesterday. Yeah. Before he was Webster's dad, I got to talk to the golden boy once for about 15, 20 nice. minutes in an interview once. So what a, what a great fellow. What a great storyteller. Um, but if it's not the Packers, then clearly it's the Saints. But now Drew Brees is out for... And I, is there a chance? Let's get the hot takes going right now. Is there a chance that if no. Jameis Winston has a couple of double-digit wins here, he plays the Falcons, then Denver, then the Falcons again, then he plays Philly if it lasts that long. Is there a chance that if Jameis looks <laughs> sufficiently good that that Sean Payton's like, I mean, come on, Drew. Thanks for everything, but obviously the kid, the Heisman Trophy winner, like we fixed whatever was wrong with him. Yeah. And now he's got, is there any chance? Because I kind of like Jameis and Taysom Hill combo more than... Well, that's I, the thing. I, Is it definitely Jameis anyway next week or whatever? I, I guess, you know, ribs are... Uh, whatever. Uh, Breeze could be back, but uh, for this Sunday... Not game, next but, week. Yeah, right. Not for the next couple of weeks. Yeah, right. Like. Yeah, I guess so. Uh, well, that'll be fun for sure. Jameis is exciting when he's in there. Yeah, I, I get it. It is very strange. KC plus 350, Pitt plus 550, New Orleans plus 750, and then, as you say, Dave, Green Bay, Tampa Bay... 10 to 1, Baltimore all the way down at 12 to 1. How about that? AFC champ, uh, AFC, um, what, what, what they go 14 and 2 last year? 14 and 2, yep. And then the Rams and Seahawks 16 to 1. I do want to give your Steelers a little love. Every time I start to, we get sidetracked. Um, 9 and 0, Big Ben. I, I still, I look at their breakdown, I look at their box score. That was a game where, Charlotte, I know you were rooting for Joey Burrow just to not get hurt, not get injured. Mm -hmm. This is going to be the toughest one, right? You got mm -hmm. three guys in the top 10 in sacks on the Steelers uh, side, right? Um, and he he did, uh, he did was relatively un unscathed, but uh, although I think uh, Watt had two sacks, I think they had four sacks overall, but they just grinded and grinded and grinded. You would think they grinded their way to a win. 44 yards rushing for the Steelers, four touchdown passes for Big Ben. It wasn't, if you watch the game and we're half paying attention, 
the the stats you saw at the end of the game wouldn't make any sense, right? You would think they just ran on them and capitalized off mistakes and the Bengals played their way out of it. But it wasn't like that at all. Big Ben was out there tossing and uh, and overthrew Claypool a couple of times. Could have been about 50, but they needed four touchdowns from him to win that game. It's so weird. Well, I mean, need four, no, because they yeah. put 36 versus seven. But right. yes, I, I understand your point. Um, the um, it, I, I guess there is it, it's a 21st century kind of phenomenon that if anybody gets too good or gets too much praise, we must figure out ways to try and, and puncture that with some cynicism. And by the way, with that game coming out of it now, there is now a gathering storm about Joe Burrow doesn't have a big enough arm for the NFL. Mm. Um, it, it, that that his passes weren't cutting through the wind in Heinz Field, and people said, "Well, it was a bit, you know, nasty weather." And then, well, but look at Roethlisberger; he was stroking some of those throws. Right. Um. So is Joe Burr. I wonder now. I mean, I do think in this next five or six days, if I know uh, the vapid cynics out there who talk about sports for a living, um, I bet you that we're going to hear. Is Joe Burrow the third best quarterback of the the 2020 QB class with Tua and Herbert? Wow! Um, now going ahead of him, um, the Steelers. Yeah, it's it's funny because they're nine and zero, and yet what you hear across the board is questions about them. We had Willie Colon on minus three last week, and he's you know Jeff Schwartz is big on they're not making enough big chunk plays. They're not they're not making enough. Uh, Roethlisberger's not hitting on the deep ball enough. At the same time. Are, are are they able to run the ball? Willie Colon is saying, I feel like the Steelers' defense is now exposed a little bit. That mm-hmm. if you spread them out, that they, they can be had. They're nine and zero. I mean, I you know, uh, I'm happy with it. And now I can't help myself. I do think the Jags are scary, bad team on the road. Kryptonite for for well, uh, you did Mike say Tomlin. take the money line on either the Bengals or the Jaguars. These are the I two know. games that are, uh, trip them up. I don't think so. I, I think you're okay this week. Yeah. I think what's going on with the Steelers is, first of all, yeah, I think that people can't let good things be good things. I also think, you know, Big Ben is not a sexy quarterback. I mean, Whoa. you know, sorry. He, <laughs> he's not he's not one of the guys that everybody's been talking about. He We're trying is to coming... sell T-shirts here, Charlotte. Sorry, you understand, sorry, sorry. right? But the he's the kind business. of guy that it yeah. is easy to overlook. He's been there for a while. He's been pretty good for a while. He's really good right now. He's coming off an injury. And I think that it's, it's very easy to kind of put him out of your head in the conversation of like, who are the best quarterbacks? And it's kind of garbage because, you yeah. know, he's, he's throwing well and they're nine and oh. And I mean, I think it's the same with coach of the year. Like I think Tomlin should 100% be leading that conversation because it, it's so funny to me how, you know, stats are everything to everybody until they're nothing. And they're like, oh, well, the Steel- but the Steelers aren't that like they're undefeated, but they're right. not, you know, they're not the best team. And then it's because it seems too easy to say that when, you know, what is it? Occam's razors. The the simplest explanation is what's going on. Like, maybe that's just what it is. Maybe the Steelers are the best team. Yeah. Well, I'm going to I'm going to do you one better. And this is a controversial stance. And I think I danced around it on this podcast last week. But and maybe Big Ben doesn't even give a shit about this award. But comeback player of the year is something you could bet on. Uh, yeah on uh, FanDuel and Alex Smith is a prohibitive favorite. I haven't seen the Monday morning numbers, but I expect they'll be the same or go up because he brought them back and this will be his feather in his cap. He brought them back. They tied the lions 
And then the Lions won on a crazy uh, long field goal. And I know you're not allowed to say anything bad about Alex Smith. It's extraordinary um, things he's done to get back in this game and on the playing field. But Big Ben is the comeback player of the year. If this team ends up 14 and two or 15 and one or 16 and 0, he is the comeback player of the year. And you could get that at three to one. I'm sorry. It's just, and by the of way, you see, him, you see him on a Monday morning uh, leading up to the week where he it was COVID tracing, you know, he almost wasn't going to play anyway. He's all bandaged up. We made fun of the picture and everything. He's injured every week. I'm not saying Alex Smith is out of the woods or anything for what he does, but freaking at a nine and oh, well, it's funny because we we've devoted a lot of time in the offseason and and on this podcast in season to talking about Belichick or Brady, Brady or Belichick combo of the two who deserves the credit and all of that. But, you know, coming off of 2019, it's kind of, um, you know, Tomlin getting that team almost to the playoffs with Mason Rudolph and Duck Hodges was a remarkable deed. And now they're nine and zero with their hall of fame QB. And if you plucked Roethlisberger out of there, I think grim reality would return to like, Oh, that's how good Roethlisberger is because they would go into a tailspin. I think if you put Mason Rudolph in there. Sure. Um, so I think comeback player of the year, it's done. I mean, like, yes, Roethlisberger is definitely, I don't care what Alex Smith does. Roethlisberger could hang it up tomorrow. He still is your comeback player of the year. Coach of the year, it's probably going to go to Brian Flores, mm. but I think Tomlin deserves the award at this point, you know, for, you know, basically not a lifetime achievement award, but for a two-year body of work. I yeah. know that's not how they give it, but look at what he's done in the last two seasons. He did it with Mason Rudolph and Duck Hodges, and then he flips a switch, and now they put the quarterback in, and they're back slinging the ball all over the place. It's Remarkable stuff on both counts. And Roethlisberger, to your point, Sal, maybe deserves a little bit of buzz for MVP. If this yeah. if this trend continues here of him having to spread him four wide and throw the ball all over to win the games, if those numbers continue, then it's not crazy to say that he's your MVP. Well, let's not count Mike McCarthy out of the mix for, um, for a coach <laughs> of the year. No, honestly, <laughs> I, I have no problem with Tomlin. Why the hell? You're right. Two years. I thought he should have been in consideration Last year for going eight and eight with that crap platoon at quarterback. Um, your guy, Charlotte, if the Patriots make the playoffs, I honestly, as much as I don't like him, Bill Belichick, I think, is the coach of the year. That that's I mean, to, to put that ragtag team together and and it what whatever it would be, eight wins or nine and seven. I don't think they'll get there, but I think uh if, if it happens, um, he's your guy. At this point, that's all I want. I want some vindication for Belichick because yeah. I you know at this point, yes, I want I want the best for Cam, but it it seems to me that the only way the conversation isn't going to become, oh, it was Brady all along, which I mm -hmm. really don't think it was. I really think it was this partnership. Sure. Belichick needs, he, I mean, they need to beat the Texans for that to be, for him to sort of start redeeming that conversation because yeah. people have short memories. They forget that so many players are out. They forget what we're dealing with here. And um, I, I don't think... I don't think Belichick will get it, but I mean, I think that I think between him, Flores and Tomlin, any of those, I wouldn't, I would be fine with. I'd be like, okay, that, that was a deserved award. Yeah. Um, I, I don't want it to go to someone like Cliff Kingsbury. Top three resume builders for Belichick had the most COVID opt outs out of any team by far, I think. Right. Uh, yeah. A bundle Eight. of injuries. Everybody's got a bunch of injuries. And you now, like I mentioned, are entering week 11 where your quarterback has not thrown a touchdown to a wide receiver and still are in the mix 
amongst these teams and beating uh, the Ravens on a Sunday night. All right, let's move to Monday night. Tonight, Minnesota at Chicago. Minnesota road favorite, three and a half points. The over-under is 44. I think the odds are indicating that people are sick of just betting Nick Foles and the Chicago Bears. I'm not going to take the Bears again. They've they've let me down. No, I'm not. I'm not with that. Definitely a new team since Dalvin Cook came back. Um, Minnesota Vikings are. Dave, as you pointed out, well, you're, you're about to point out, I don't know, this this is kind of a loser leaves town matchup for the playoffs. I am 95% sure that the seven teams in the NFC are going to be Green Bay, New Orleans, Seattle, Philadelphia, Tampa Bay, Arizona, and the Rams. The other teams have a shot, San Francisco, Minnesota, Chicago, and Atlanta, a, a long shot on that list. I'm taking the Bears. Plus the three and a half. I don't know how they move the ball. I think Montgomery being out might actually help them. I don't know. Foles did throw for two touchdowns against Tennessee last week. Jen Piacenti and uh, Jerry Ferrara, they host uh, the waiver wire, a waiver wired podcast. They like the bears as well. What do you think, Dave? I, on a hunch, I, and I, no jive. I mean, I have no um, no reason to make this pick other than that I kind of like the way the Vikings are tracking a little bit better than it feels like the Bears are on the cusp of implosion there with the 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 two mediocre QBs not equaling one uh, good one. I'm going to take the Vikings with the way Dalvin Cook's been playing here, but please stop. Uh, uh, tweeting me about how Dalvin Cook is the MVP of the NFL, everybody. He's not no, going to win the MVP. He's so not. They, they have, again, they have to, well, they have to make the playoffs. And I think they're not going to. They have to, I was, I brought that up with Simmons yesterday. I said, you know, Kyla Murray could be in the same spot as Dalvin Cook is because there's no way Minnesota makes the playoffs without him. I don't think they do otherwise. And uh, same goes for Arizona, who might be a wild card. But as far as tonight's game, you might think it's a stinker, but I think either way, you add a little excitement to your sports watching experience by betting. Yes, betting on all the action on FanDuel Sportsbook this football season. The reason FanDuel is America's number one sportsbook. Their app, simple to use. Got great odds on all different betting markets. Unique, fun bet types like same game parlay. I got a good one for you in a minute. And you get more action out of every game day. If you win, they even get your winnings safely in as little as 24 hours right now. FanDuel is letting you place your first bet risk-free up to $1,000. Shame on you if it's week 10 and this is only your first bet. But either way, FanDuel will refund you $1,000 if you lose. Uh, if you win, of course, they'll pay you. No strings attached. Just place any bet you want. You, when you keep the cash, you lose. You get your entire bet up to $1,000 back in site credit. Now, I like the same game parlays. I'm going to take one right here. Adam Thielen, it's been shut down a little. I think he will score a touchdown. He will score a touchdown. And the Bears will cover the three and a half. And if you parlay those two, it's called the same game parlay. You get plus 408. Remember Sal sent you. Remember Dave sent you. Remember Charlotte sent you by entering promo code extra points. That's FanDuel Sportsbook. Promo code extra points. Um, Oh, let's talk Masters real quick. I don't want to toot my horn too much because he was plus 850 but dj i've not had a plus 850 win in a while so i have to i have to celebrate the times like this um minus 20 20 under par and you say well you took one of the favorites well the favorite bryson dechambeau lost to bernard langer who dave i think is like uh 83 and a half years old or something so there were some pitfalls there did you guys catch charlotte were you watching the, the uh masters this weekend yeah i mean 
it was still weird that it was in November, but I mean, I had Bryson and uh, he was a favorite and he flamed out. He said he felt really dizzy. He felt really sick, but he yeah. took a COVID test in the middle and he didn't have COVID. So he wasn't sure what was going on. But I mean, losing to Bernard Langer, it, it sounds bad, <laughs> but also like he's won more champions tour. Yeah, I know. Cha- um, whatever you call it, tournaments than, yeah. than yeah. anybody else. Like he's not he's. He's old, but he's not a bad golfer, and he's still. I mean, oh, yeah. he can really putt. The man can putt. So, I mean, I think and it's that an he interesting deserves- putt too. He's got that forty foot putter, and he and he holds the side of it. Yeah. It's amazing that we're still watching this in day this day and age. Uh, Bernard Langer, you know, Harry, my friend Harry, always tries to convince me to bet Bernard Langer, and he's like almost even odds every time on the senior tour because the, the, nobody, uh, everyone underneath him hasn't golfed in 35 years, but any, and he wins most of them. You're right. But, um, right. yeah, it was good. DJ, uh, M was in it for a while that cam Smith, I hedged out a little bit, but DJ and, uh, Paulina Gretzky, congratulations. Uh, big, big win. I, um, I, I, I resent longer because I think in my mind, at least this is true. The, it always bothers me as the uniformant and as a human being who has the <laughs> gift of sight. Um, oh. Jack Nicholas mm-hmm. was great because it was clear he understood that if you win the Masters, that the the day ends with them putting a Kelly green jacket on your back. So what you wear for the round of golf matters because you want to to match nicely. You want it to coordinate nicely mm-hmm. with the, with your outfit, the green jacket. And Nicholas, he he would wear that pale yellow with the plaid green pants and that green jacket went oh so nicely with it. <laughs> and then he had to give a green jacket the following year, if I remember it correctly. That was 86 and then 87, Bernhard Longer one. And he wore on Sunday when he was in contention to win the Masters. And so he did... He wore head to toe, bright red, bright red shirt. Well, how do you explain Tiger? Tiger's red on Sunday then, Dave. Well, that's a terrible choice, but I, (laughs) at least I get like victory red or whatever he was thinking. And like, oh, that doesn't jibe really with Augusta, but I'll give Tiger a, a marginal pass on that because he committed the, this Sunday brand thing. But Bernard Longer has no excuse showing up there in fire engine, red Mm -hmm. pants and shirt. And you want the green jacket? It should be refused. There should be minimum standards applied here. No, go change. I have a hot take. Show you want this thing. I have a hot take about red and green together, which is that I think Christmas screwed over a really fantastic color combination. I think red and green look very good together. They're complementary colors, mm. and Christmas ruined it for everybody. No. Wow, say, Ma- Mississippi. Say no, keep, keep talking, Melania. Make sense. <laughs> Mississippi Valley states. Jerry Rice agrees with you. They their color scheme is is the, are the Christmas red they just and green. Ruined it. They just yeah. took it. Can't be anything else. Now, if I can, very quickly, a a, a, a one amendment to that, or one uh, asterisk next to that. New Jersey Devils, Minnesota Wild, <laughs> terribly named uh, team. Green they wear dark green and dark red. Now that. But Minnesota Wild, that's not beautiful. Red, that's beautiful. Red isn't the primary. Well, no, I guess. I guess. Yeah, I mean, hell? I guess the darker the colors were. Anyway, whatever. Bernard I was just Langer, trying to give He's 63 for what it's here. worth. Yeah. Is he 63? Yeah. I don't know. I mean, but maybe you're right. I mean, Tiger has his four-day uh outfits mapped out for the next uh 15 years right because of 
Nike or whatever. So that's uh, I was Bernard Langer. Was that the idea? Maybe when Lufthansa was his sponsor. I have no idea who, who it was, but um, Muesli. What Muesli yeah. brand sponsors you, Bernard? <laughs> he probably could have worn what Frozen Glacia. Remember Frozen Glacia ice cream oh, from yeah. the eighties South. That's right. The answer right. to Hagen Dazs was blowing up. What's this European Frozen version of ice cream? Yeah. It's just ice cream. Well, well, if the Germans can do it, we're doing it too. Get ready, America. Because uh, Scandinavia is giving you frozen glacia. In <laughs> fact, I once said that would be a great goal call for a hockey game for an announcer to work that in. Like he shoots frozen glacia. It's a goal because it's because <laughs> it's ice treat or something mm -hmm. like that. And a minor league hockey play by play guy actually did it, and uh, it, was, really? it was one of the great victories. Amazing of my, the Damashek effect. Wow. All exciting. right. Well, listen, I'm going to give you guys an opportunity <laughs> to isolate your favorite athlete, whether it's Frozen Glaser or Bernard Langer from 1987. But I want to give credit to Crown Royal because even at home, you still get to enjoy your favorite game day cocktails. You just have to remember to take a water break in between to stay hydrated. Don't be that person that ruins game day for your friends and family all right, so now it is time for our Crown Royal Water Break Athlete of the Week. Charlotte and I are going to look back. Dave is going to look ahead to tonight. My Crown Royal Water Break Athlete of the Week, I could have gone Big Ben. I could have gone Kyla Murray. No, I'm not going to. I'm going to go Steve Cohen, the <laughs> new New York Mets owner. Probably not an athlete, but what he's going to do is he's going to assemble the greatest athletes in the world that know how to work with a ball and a bat. Hey, Dominic Smith on the team, very excited about this. He signed local guy, Marcus Stroman. This is a winner. This is a guy who's going to go in the offseason and get DJ LeMayu, maybe Trevor Bauer. Look, you got the Kansas City Royals. Every once in a while, there's a, a, a small market team that does it. But it's basically the Dodgers. It's basically the Red Sox. It's basically the Yankees. Where is Mookie Betts going to fall? That's the answer. This is what Steve Cohen's going to do. He's going to bring it all together. Mets baseball is back in Flushing and back in New York. Steve Cohen is my Crown Royal Water Break Athlete of the Week. Do it for New York, Steve Cohen. Charlotte, are you also going with Steve Cohen? <laughs> no, I'm oh. not. I'm going with one of the guys that you said you're not going with because he's actually an athlete <laughs> uh, as opposed to a hedge fund manager, but... For the second consecutive week, an Arizona Cardinals game came down to the final play, and it was due to Kyler Murray in the last seconds of Bill's Cardinals. He threw a 42-yard touchdown pass. Obviously, DeAndre Hopkins deserves a little bit of credit for this. He caught it in triple coverage for the 33-30 win. Um, but I used to, and this is no offense to Arizona, um, forget that the Cardinals existed sometimes. Uh, and now they're first in the NFC West. Kyler Murray is the first quarterback in the Super Bowl era to score a rushing touchdown in five straight games. And he's only the second quarterback in NFL history to have at least 10 rushing touchdowns in his first 10 games of a season. And he hasn't even played his 10th game yet. So um, I think that we've talked a lot about Kyler already on this podcast. I think this past game was the reason that he's now going to be um, much more in the conversation for MVP. It remains to be seen if he can make that happen. But um, you know, he, he deserves a, a, a cheers with a glass of water, as as we always say in, in the Crown Royal water break. There you go. All right. Uh, Kyla Murray's no Steve Cohen when it comes to athleticism. Yeah, well. But uh, everyone, this is an open forum. Dave, looking ahead now, who is your Crown Royal water break athlete of Monday night? 
I, I think it's nice that Sal has stuck by his Metropolitans all these years. He it, it worked out very early in life for him when he decided to go with the Islanders instead mm-hmm. of the Rangers. But ultimately, contrarianism has its price. The Yankees are in the backyard and you went with the Mets? Oh, poor <laughs> dear. Um, I am going to go with... I. Listen, I love the 12s, uh, the Seahawks fans, chippy as they are. This is not to denigrate the Seahawks, but to strike a blow, I hope the Bears win tonight on the right arm of Nick Foles and or maybe Mitchell Trubisky. Maybe this duo can go in there because I think it would be fascinating for the Bears to win this game and really put a scare into the Seahawks, who over the course of the next four days can really find themselves in jeopardy, the Seahawks, of missing the playoffs because if the Bears win and the Seahawks lose to Arizona, they're right on the cusp there of maybe falling out of the playoffs. And this would strike a blow thanks to Nick Foles and, like I say, Mitchell Trubisky against all premature evaluation. Everybody decided that um, that Russell Wilson was the MVP in week two and here we are, and he could fall out of things, and the and the Seahawks could fall out of the playoff picture altogether. I think kind of what we were talking about earlier in the show. Let's not jump the gun. Pro football players will tell you the season doesn't really start until after Thanksgiving. We ain't even to Thanksgiving yet. Let's slow mm. our roll a little bit. Maybe the Seahawks ain't uh, going to the Super Bowl. They're not going undefeated. They may not even go to the playoffs. Wow. So it's Nick Foles as your water break athlete. Of kind of, kind of. I think you get my <laughs> labyrinthian kind of uh, math on that. I think we'll review it. We'll check it out. That was a crown Royal water break. Moderate your drinking on game day. Stay hydrated. Stay Royal. For more tips on how to crown your game day, visit at crown Royal on Instagram. Uh, all right, guys, do we have anything else to talk about? I mean, this is uh so much sports. I don't, I, I don't, I don't want to end on a low note, but it seems like there's so much and I hope there's not so little coming up uh, in the coming weeks. Uh, college basketball. We have NBA. We have the draft. Not uh, as exciting as a lot of drafts because we didn't get to see a lot of these guys play in the tournament. Um, you got the Lamella balls. We didn't get to see at all. We'll talk more about this Wednesday. Let me go to email real quick. Ooh. Love emails. Yes. Reach out to us on email at the extra points gang at gmail.com. The two extra E's. points. Yes. Two E's. Where do those E's go? Between the T so It's between. Yeah. It's a, it's, the, the, it's T-H-E. Uh-huh. And then remember, because extra also starts. I know it, it sounds crazy because there's yeah. an X there, but it starts with an E. So it's the it's T-H-E and then E extra. So. I'm an idiot for setting it up this way. Not since Jim Cunningham set up his Twitter handle with eyes being ones, and he has no explanation for that. <laughs> I, I don't know uh, what happened there, but you're right, Charlotte. It's the extra points gang at gmail.com back to back ease. Kim Soak um, emailed us. Now we had this big debate over paninis, and I said every sandwich except for ice cream is better panini style. And uh, I got a, a world of shit from it, uh, for it from you guys. So, no, I agreed with you. Oh, you agreed with me. Oh, Jesus that's right. Jesus Christ, Oh, Dave Sal, didn't come agree. On. I'm sorry. Dave did not agree. And I think uh, someone is in Dave's corner here. Hey, folks, I have to weigh in on the great panini debate, as I believe I have the one exception that proves the rule. Many foodies wax poetic on the importance of a texture within a meal. But I believe they miss a very important texture in their search for crunch and crunch alone. Sogginess. Yuck. Your love of panini is valid, but totally does away with an important texture of food that gets a very bad rap. 
Uh, nothing exemplifies the importance and wonderfulness of the soggy aspect of food than the hot turkey sandwich. If you haven't had it, maybe it's a Canadian thing, but in totality, it's an open face turkey sandwich with ladies of hot brown gravy poured on top. Is that supposed to be ladies? Ladles. 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 Okay, ladles. So ladles. Sorry. Well, that's weird. Yeah. <laughs> Unctuous, steamy, savory, and soft paninizing the hot turkey sandwich would ruin a good thing. Keep it up, folks. And thanks, Amelia, your Winnipeg pal, Kim. I don't know. Open face means it probably shouldn't be a sandwich. There you go. Put it on a plate and then uh, take no, your knife no, no, and fork. It, it has open face. So they're they're accounting for the fact that you're going to say that and they're hedging. Uh, all right. Shout out to Winnipeg, to the late, great Dale Howarchuk, <laughs> uh, Jim Kite, Ed Stanowski, uh, young Michelle Dion, and the rest of the uh, those uh, Winnipeg Jets. Um, and yes, the open-faced turkey is no news to, to this fella here. It's one of my favorites to order at a diner any time of the day, morning, noon, or night. The one tip that I'll throw out there for you, a pro tip, is... Um, Eschew the mashed potatoes, which come with it, and say, please replace those with French fries and throw that gravy on the fries, if you please. Um, <laughs> and uh, and you've just stamped your ticket to cloud no. nine. Thank and you. then and you panino, get back down panini to the it and then stamp your ticket. That's what you mean. You can't do it. You got the, the gravy all over it. Yeah, it'd see, be a that's big, why it'd be a horrid mess. You got a you got bread even... surrounding it. It's fine. It's fine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I, 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 I'm sorry. I, look, Dave, I, here's my biggest thing. If people... Uh, the soggy thing is an interesting uh, uh, counter to this, but people are citing lettuce. Oh, lettuce! You can't a hot lettuce. Lettuce. And Charlotte, I don't uh, know, have you lettuce. have you worked that? We got to work. I'm on still that. working on it. It's. Okay. I was going to save it for a day when we didn't have so many NFL games to get through. That's good thinking. We had actually a submission for uh, uh, lyrics from top to bottom for hot lettuce. It's pretty good. Maybe wow. we'll read it uh, next time. But we I, can compare them to mine. Okay, that'll be good. Um, lettuce. I don't think people like lettuce as much as they think. I think everybody could do without lettuce and they wouldn't give a crap. They would not notice it. It doesn't taste like anything. It's an extra effort to bite down on it. I'm uh, down on lettuce. Obviously, look at me. I'm I, I, I just want to say, yeah. I know I don't want to accept, but listen, you ignore hmm. Chicago, the third biggest city in these United I States. Do. The people there love, uh, and somebody who lived there and delighted in it, Jardinera is pickled, spicy deliciousness that enhances any sandwich. If you put that in and then cook it up, heat it up, it's not going to be as good. You want it to maybe be Maybe we test it. Cold You're temp- saying that, but maybe we I test feel like it out. Okay, I- I'm willing right, to do let's that. Do it. I'm willing to bite. Um, Dave, what else you got going on? I got to say, your Indiana Hoosiers, you brought it up briefly. The worst thing about them is their opponents. They're like 2-11. Mm-hmm. You, w- you would count normally on Penn State, Michigan, and Michigan State, what are they two and ten? Those two teams, three teams. I mean, I already talked about the unnecessary. No, I'm not. This they're two glory. and ten. It's. I'm saying if you are to be considered yeah. for a national title game, what, whatever, you're probably not going to make the top four. They, but for well, they beat yeah. they beat Ohio State. They're well, in course. it. They could even lose. Listen, they beat Ohio State. Which listen, I what, what are they going to do? They're going to beat the Buckeyes. I don't know. But listen, if it's super exciting to have a game that actually people are going to look at for at least 20 minutes or so and be like, I don't know, is Michael Penix worthy of the Heisman? If they could win that game, then even if they lost to Wisconsin, mm-hmm. I think you'd still put them in the top four, Yeah, right? I think probably. Yeah, it's hovering around three I touchdowns get your- right now for Ohio State team that hasn't played in a while and 
COVID restrict. Ohio State could go uh, three and zero and now and now make the playoff. Who the hell knows what's going to happen? It's all dumb. It really is. All hey, what's dumb. not just dumb? Told, is is you checking? Dumb. Are you checking in the Monday night game tonight? Oh yes, uh, me, Jeff Schwartz, Eddie Spaghetti are going to be in at halftime. Make sure you're following minus three pod is the Twitter handle. We'll be with you to give you. We've uh, we've been hitting on some of those lately, so make sure you tune in for that. Like I say, halftime on Twitter. Minus three pod is the handle. We appreciate you following that and listening to the yes, show. And FanDuel offers, as Dave and Eddie Spaghetti and Jeff will uh, outline for you, a bet boost for the second half. It's an individual player prop, but FanDuel has like 50 different bets you can make in the second half. So um, if you're bored, if you've already lost uh, after the first half, there's so much more to be had out and there. And we hit that Irish one. We hit that Irish that was nice. one. That was nice. We got the um, bet. Yeah, boot. barely, but they did. Yeah, they held on. They won by 14. Uh, at Damashek on Twitter. Charlotte's at the Wilder Things. What you got? You got a, a Week 10 recap? Yeah, I got a Week 10 recap coming up. I rewrote the lyrics to a Counting Crow song, which was partly <laughs> why I didn't finish the Hot Lettuce song. I sing That's it. Right. It's deeply embarrassing. Hopefully it's funny and not just cringy. My producer said it was funny and not just cringy, but the jury's out. Um, and uh, yeah, I'm going to have something up on the Fox Sports app about the Patriots Ravens game. So, you know, if you can't get enough of that, you can mm-hmm. click that. And I'm at the Wilder Things. And also, I had a great hot dog this weekend. And um, that's that's it. No, that's not it. I need to know. You put ketchup on it. And no, mustard. no, oh, you did. no, okay. I didn't. No, this it's this amazing place, and they put uh, it's relish, um, sauteed, but they call them fried, but they're not fried onions mm. and mustard on a bun that is not toasted. And this is what made me think of it, Kim. It is a little soggy, and it was pretty good. But a hot dog's not a sandwich, not so a sandwich. it's exempt from the panini conversation. I'm with you. I'm with you. That that sounds like a good hot dog, Dave. Can we all agree? Let's end on agreeing. That sounds like it could be a good hot dog. I agree, especially if it was grilled, because that's the best way to eat your yep. wiener. Mm-hmm. All right, there you go. Uh, I'm at the cousin Sal. Hey, listen to Waiver Wired with Jen Piacenti and Jerry Ferrara. They're gonna have uh, tips on the Monday night must-haves for the game on uh, your put, get your Fanduel lineup, get it right. Listen to them, and we will be back Wednesday. But I do want to remind you that even though you may feel like underdogs, you have to remember that you're all my favorites. See you Wednesday. 